This is the American Artson Podcast, where our goal is to spark creativity. Whether you're a musician, an artist, a writer, or an entrepreneur, we're here to provide you with tools, tips, and insight from professionals and creatives that you can use to inform and inspire your own journey. All right, guys. So this week we have Andy, formerly from A Plea for Purging, on with us. Uh, he's been up to some pretty fun stuff, staying creative during the the whole COVID craziness this year. And we think it's going to be a really fun episode for you guys. Yeah, we talked with Andy about uh, Party on Forever and the videos he's been making. Um, and we also dive into A Plea for Purging. So if you're a fan of of his band, um, then uh, you'll definitely like that. And we also hear some crazy tour stories and some crazy uh, Chorin stories about wrestling with an auger. Um, so yeah. if you don't know what Chorin is, um, then stay tuned. Uh, and Andy will give us a, a little uh, preview uh, into um, what he's been up to lately. And he will also define for you um, what it means to chore and what it means to party and why both of those things are important. So... All right, here's Andy. All right, Andy, well, thanks for being on with us tonight. How you doing? Dude, doing great. I just spent the last, like, two or three minutes scarfing down a steak sandwich. Um, <laughs> yes. I've been working on a bike all day. Awesome. And, uh, well, what was, what was on the steak sandwich? Um, it was seriously just... Um, I didn't cook it, so I don't 100% know what the cut <laughs> of the steak was. Um, I got a buddy, my friend Zach is staying the night with us tonight, and he brought steak over. Awesome. Um, there you go. It, but some sort of flank steak with uh, mm. some gravy and cheese on a hamburger, Ooh. like Martin's potato roll bun. Um, it was delicious. <laughs> We're going to have really to cut great. this thing short so yeah, I can go get some I gotta food. Yeah, I got to go eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I scarfed that thing down really Ooh. quick right before we did this. Awesome. Well, we thought maybe we would kick things off tonight with um, – you know, just skip the intros and all that and just go into one of life's deepest, darkest, most important questions, which is, um, which is more important, partying on forever or choring? Dude, you cannot have one without the other, <laughs> you know, like if you were just to party all the time, then you would not know. It's like if you're just living good, the goodness and, and like everything is perfect, then you never know how good it is. You know that whole like, you don't know the the sweet isn't as sweet without the bitter. That whole yeah, thing, yeah. you know. So you can't be partying all the time, <laughs> but the but it's got to be there. Yeah, but the mindset is that in your when you're choring and working, you know, you have to pay your bills. You have to earn a living, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, that's what this whole thing is about. This whole choring, partying, bull crap. It's like, um, <laughs> you have to. You have to earn your keep, whether that's working to, for money to pay your bills or choring and working on things around the house to make sure that your livelihood is like everything's in order. Those things have to happen. Um, but it's the mindset that you have while you're doing it, you know? So if you can remember why you're doing all that stuff, why are you working so hard? And it's to further your existence with your mate or your family or your, you know, whatever your thing is, you know? Um, it's like a long existential crap, you know, but I'm like, ever since I've been out of the band, which has been eight years, like I've been so focused on, um, 
work and career driven mindset that I kind of forgot the whole point of living mm-hmm. and the whole point of Having living fun. Is, is to party. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like love your life and be happy when you die. When it's all over, you got to like ask yourself why you did it all. And that was to like have experiences with people. Right. I mean, absolutely. like this right here, like we don't know each other. Just the fact that we're sitting here on the computer talking to each other right now is so awesome. Like you guys yeah. are like all the way across the country. Yeah. And we're just like hanging out and talking and like the next, you know, however long this is going to be, it's going to be incredible just because like we're strangers that are getting to know each other. That's the whole point. What, yeah. The reason you, I don't know if you guys have day jobs or whatever outside yeah, of the band. I do, yeah. yeah. But like the, this sounds like you, the whole reason you worked today was so that you could come have this conversation. Not so that you can talk to me. You know what I mean? Right. That you can have an experience and it pays for the electricity that you have at your house right now to be able to do this and have this experience. So yeah, absolutely. That's the whole point of the party on forever, dude. Party, keep the party mindset while you're doing all your work and hopefully everything will be kosher and happy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Love that. Love that. So what made you want to, I mean, you, you mentioned kind of, you know, after you left the band, you, you got into that career mindset for so long. Was, was that, did that play into your decision to start making these videos um, that you've been making recently kind of like showing how, how, how you live life and have fun, but still focus on, on work and, and providing for yourself and those around you. Uh, how is, how did that kind of all come about re- recently? Cause I saw, I can't remember exactly when you started posting stuff on youtube and all that but it's like april recent. right march april yeah. right when covid was re- rearing its ugly head yeah like you know i've like since the band like i've definitely had some sort of like internet presence but not like you know when, when the band kind of died down i'd like dove head first into just normal adult you know like life i like i'm i'm pretty old i'm 38 so like and the band ended right about when i was 30 so I spent that whole time in my life. Sorry, this is, I'm giving you, I give really long answers. No, go for it, man. Um, That's perfect. why we're here. <laughs> it, 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 like you got to start at the very beginning before you can get to the actual question you right. actually <laughs> asked. Um, like I didn't plan ahead. I knew there was a glass ceiling with plea and, you know, there's only so far you can go and being in a metalcore band with a fat lead singer and being goofy <laughs> and all that, you know. So like hit the ground running at 30 and got really serious about like gotta make money gotta make money gotta make money you know um just because like i have this very serious relationship i've been in a 10-year relationship with rachel we finally just this year got uh married we're supposed to have our wedding congrats work out thank you um so the wedding's pushed off but like so all this crazy stuff of like um i'm very uh aware that financial instability is a lot of the reasons why people's marriages fail and Mm -hmm. all this stuff. So like right out of the band, I was just like, okay, I got to learn how to grow up. I got to like, you know, get a 401k and have a savings account (laughs) and all this shit, you know? And so I was like, so focused on that, that I forgot, like, what is the whole reason behind all of that stuff is Rachel. Rachel is seriously the reason that I'm alive at this point is to like, further my life with her and that like until we die um we can just have amazing experiences together right and love each other and and, um so anyway with all that being said like i had this job in staging and production um so like the background of the music scene but like Mm -hmm. work for a company that we designed built 
fabricated like all these big amazing set pieces like stage sets for huge country artists and rock artists and stuff like oh that that whole huge like next level that our bands don't know anything right about. <laughs> exactly um so i've been doing that for the last however many years and like i would have never left that job even though i wasn't really that happy with it because it was like so secure i would have never left it and then covid hit and it's not secure anymore yeah, and nothing's yeah. ever hit the entertainment industry like covid so it's a way long story, but I took a, a voluntary layoff and left that company so that another guy could hold on to his position. Um, wow. and cause I just knew that like, I wasn't happy there. And I've always played with this idea of trying to, you know, work for myself. Uh, I missed the day when I was in plea, I didn't work for six or seven years like that entire time we were a band. Uh, yeah. somehow we were lucky enough that we didn't have to have day jobs. We just, um, not that we were crazy successful. We were just really smart with our finances and lived mm. very below our means. So, you know, I lived in like a 400 square foot apartment um, and like split that rent with Rachel. And um, so I did, it felt amazing to kind like be your, that a little bit. Say what? Kind of missed that a little bit being your own yeah, boss. Being and, your own boss. So like um, this whole thing, COVID thing made me start thinking like, what are a few different things that I'm good at? Or like, what could I be doing that would pay my bills, but also not make me hate life all day, every day. Mm -hmm. And I'm still like in the middle of figuring all that out, but I'm like adopting like a, a hustle gig life a little more than like a career life at this point. Yeah. Nice. Um, so like with all that being said, I was, I'm like really into um, like, I'm into people listening to me talk. Like I'm just really vain. Like just the fact that we're here right now and you guys are listening to me speak is just incredible. Um, but like I get off on like making the funny videos and stuff. And yeah. so the whole idea is I can make these funny videos that hopefully make people laugh, but also those videos um, on a more local level are allowing me to show a few of my talents and then people are giving me work because of those videos providing a little bit of entertainment and like advertisement for your work at the same time right like the bike that's behind me right now that's a dude that's just a local guy in town that you know saw some of my stuff and was like hey dude work on my bike so like that's awesome i'm working on his bike but i'm also shooting a video while i'm working on it so like it'll be you know hopefully funny like the goal is that whether you care about motorcycles or not you watch the video because of my humor or charm or, yeah. you know, just watch me be goofy. Yeah. But also one of you guys loves motorcycles and you're like, Oh crap, I can get Andy to fix my carburetor or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so like it's worked, like I built a deck at our house and I like, yeah. um, shot a video about it and now i got people asking me to build decks and fences and stuff. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought I saw you post something about building a fence the other day and yeah. So it's cool, man. You know, like I don't like I don't have this huge passion to be a, a handyman, but I have a passion to spend more time at home. Yeah. And also I really miss um like the whole thing about like talking and just people paying attention to me. Like that's all funny, but like I really do like starting conversation with strangers. Mm -hmm. And so if yeah. me making a funny video 
gets some stranger to send me a comment that I can carry on that conversation a little bit, um, whatever it is, whether it's surface level or existential, it just, I, I like that. I like meeting new people and talking to people. And so long story short, yes, I started sometime around COVID. Um, I was just like, yo, this unstable thing that made me lose my job is going to hopefully uh, get me back to my roots a little bit of just being like a party dude that loves and hanging out and having fun. Cause that's awesome. I got kind of negative there for a little while. Just oh yeah, life happens. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I fight, I fight, uh, the darkness, uh, you know, but 100%. we all do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. As I was going to say, you can tell, cause I always, I always got to kick out of the videos that please used to make back in the day. Always, they always, or lots of them had, the, had like a, a fun setting or kind of, were kind of goofy. And it was, it's almost like you, you go for the music, but then you also got a, a total kick out of just like what you guys were doing, whatever storyline you came up with in the movie and stuff. So it seems like as that kind of, you've always had a, a knack for that entertaining <laughs> side of things. Was that part of, you know, you coming up with those things for those music videos and then and kind of translating it to these? Did you always kind of have that, that uh, love for comedy and entertainment in that sense? For sure, man. I mean, like the thing with Plea was our music and our message and like the art of like the music was like one thing and it was very serious. And I don't know if you followed what we did or know anything about my lyrics, but like, uh, you know, pretty serious topically what we were dealing with. But like as like a persona or like the, you know, the vibe that we're trying to put out or whatever, like we're just funny goofy dudes like we're not the dudes that are um like no not bashing anybody but we're not like Whitechapel or impending doom like those dudes that like are in a dark warehouse doing death metal you know like that Mm -hmm. stuff's cool but like (laughs) i'm not that dude like if you talk to me at a show at a merch table you're gonna know that i'm just a funny fat dude and so like that's like what we modeled like all of our image you know from was just us being truly us and like i think it helped and hurt in a few different ways you know like probably let us stand be set apart a little bit and people pay attention to us but also like maybe if plea would have had like one of you dudes that are more attractive up front screaming in a microphone, you know, <laughs> oh, that's, and looking that's cool. a stretch, I think. Yeah, dude. I mean, it, it matters, man. That stuff, like maybe in 2020, it doesn't matter as much, but like in 2006, like it still mattered. Good, yeah. Um, but you guys but, did a great job of embracing yeah. that. I mean, like, uh, for example, you guys had the, uh, like the butt crack t-shirts <laughs> for anybody yeah, that's dude. never seen that. We'll have to find a picture <laughs> yeah. of that and throw that up there. Or, you know, you, you put out the, the fat pride release and stuff like just kind of, in, you know, embracing who you are and not trying to be, you know, somebody else. Um, and I think, Which people- I think in and of itself develops even more, uh, a more rapid and, and dedicated fan base than, than anything. I mean, like staying true to who you are instead of, you know, you see, today whether it's you know guys and bands that end up being outed as just total douchebags or people that you just find out are just fake maybe it's nothing like bad necessarily but you know they put on one persona on stage or through their lyrics and then people meet them in person and they're like "Ah, man that is not who i thought they'd be 
I think people are truly drawn to authenticity. And when, and when you just go up there and do your thing and you can be a funny dude who also has these very serious thoughts and writes these very serious lyrics. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people I think are looking for somebody like you to sort of give them maybe permission, you know, to, to be like that. And to, I like, you know, to like heavy music, but not to have to always be, you know, walking around with the, with the dark cloud over their head all the time. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, it kind of goes back to the whole, like, uh, like I said, I'm kind of old, but like, um, like when Nirvana hit the scene, like everything before Nirvana was glitz and glam and like, you know, crazy hair metal and dudes wearing like spandex and shit. And like, um, Nirvana came out, like I grew up super poor. Like I grew up in a trailer park. So like when Nirvana hit the scene and like Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam and all these, like the grunge era, whatever, like those dudes all looked like dudes that lived in the trailer next door to me. You know what I mean? So when I was like 12 years old and like Nirvana came out, I was like, Whoa, dude, like there's like, rock stars that are just like just like us you know um so that's uh how is you know i've always been it's just i've i've always been a stickler for like authenticity and just honesty and really being my true self i mean like there's there's also that thing where you got to be all things to all people or whatever like that was a hard thing like in being like a, a christian band out on the road and playing a lot of christian market stuff it's like some days you have a really bad day and you're a really negative dude, but you're having Gosto put the face on for the 14 year old kid that is in love with your band. And, you know, so you're trying, that's, that, yeah. that's the one line where like, I'm, I'm so honest, like, dude, I hate lies. I hate like even skirting the truth. Like yeah. it's just not me. Um, but that was the one thing I always had a little hard time dealing with is like the days that I'm having a really bad day. I want to be odd. You know, I want to be honest about it and to be like, yo, kid, leave me alone. I'm having a bad day. But you can't yeah. do that. You know, you just have to turn that switch on. So I'm pretty good at turning a switch on, you know, yeah. like just being a total bummer and like flip it and be like, yo, let's do this. But inside you're like dying inside, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I, I totally feel that's like I. So, I, I mean, even aside from the band, I struggle with an anxiety disorder and, and, and depression. And so like like you said there's those days where like whether it's that or maybe you don't struggle with those stuff things like clinically but you're just having a bad day or crap happens like and you're down like but you have to turn that switch on like you also mentioned like being in a a christian or a faith-based band like how how did you juggle juggle that being authentic and being real um to just, you know, the stuff you're dealing with and battling. Um, but also, I mean, you guys did, you know, some touring in and out of the Christian market and mainstream stuff too. But like, was that, was that ever tough? Like feeling like you, you had to maintain that level of authenticity to who you were, but maybe, you know, some of those things, you know, were looked at in a different life by the, 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 I guess, traditional Christian market. Cause I think that's a, a thing. A lot of bands, especially bands, you know, like on labels like face down and solid state and stuff like that, that, that have kind of a foot in both doors may deal with, or I don't want to say struggle with, but um, it's finding that balance and, you know, whether it's what they're writing about, maybe some of the darker, more serious stuff. Um, and 
you know, also still um, professing their faith or relating to that, I guess. Yeah, dude. I mean, like, God, that's a huge thing to unpack. But like, best way I can explain it is like, your, I, I don't know your journey, but my journey is like 13 years old. I make a profession that I believe in Christ. And like, from then on, like everything in the world is that whether I know what I'm talking about or not, whether I'm schooled in the Bible, like, it's just like, the rest of my life is good. I'm sold out for Christ and I'm going to like mission to the world. Right. So like I'm super right at the same time of that is right around the same time I got into like playing music and trying to like, so it goes hand in hand. The thing that's most important to you in the world is your faith. And the second most important thing is rocking with your bros. So like, <laughs> those are like the two things that you're chasing and, and it just is this natural progression. And then, you know, for me, like, band after band after band after band and then finally one lands and like start touring the world um on a christian label in a christian band and that band started out as one thing you know and like over the years like i started out as one thing and the band started out as one thing and both of those things are growing yeah and changing uh organically you know um every each dude in the band has their own uh, journey and we're all figuring it out on our own but together and so yeah. like if you like follow along lyrically I think like our fans that uh, like really got what we we're doing and really followed us saw my path through all the records like I was just very honest about all the different things I was dealing with mm -hmm. and like every time I talk about this I have to like give insane uh appreciation to jason and face down for letting me um be me yeah. and say the things i said on the records because like there's stuff on some of those records that like i bet was hard for jason to just sign off on yeah, yeah. um you know and like uh, we've had some conversations about that and like he trusted me enough and knew my heart enough to like let me say the things i was saying um but like you you travel on tour and allow yourself to be engulfed in the like the quote unquote Christian music industry. Um, it like it's gonna affect you um, in some form, you know. Yeah. Uh, for us, it was like kind of a, for me. I'll say I, I can only answer for myself. It was like a negative thing, um, and um, it made me question a lot about myself. Question a lot about the Lord um still to this day i'm not really sure where i land on a lot of those questions um but yeah dude like it's a it's a crazy thing to say to basically stand up at 13 years old and say i'm gonna give my entire life to this thing and profess it every day in front of people and you're known for that and the older you get and the older you get the more your mind is thinking about other things and forming your own things. opinions and right lots of people like at that age we all like i think i mean i my, my dad's a pastor i grew up in the church i know evan's grown up in the church as well like when you're that young and you're already in it um it's it sometimes people talk all the time about it not really being your own faith and i so i think it's you know whether it's a progression of that faith some people that step away from it and then you know have to come back to it or whatever that person's journey is it's it's and lots of those bands that that start in one place like you said and then develop it's hard for i think 
some of some of, I shouldn't say the group everyone together, but some of the the fan base of those Christian labels or that Christian market to understand like, hey, this person is a decade older than they were when they were a teenage, late teenager, early twenties, and they're a completely different person. But I mean, it's cool. You mentioned that, that Jason, you know, how, how cool it was of them to sign off on that too. I know that was one thing when, even as we were writing this first folding for face down, like me even kind of thinking like, I wonder like if they're going to, I mean, we didn't say anything too con- uh, controversial or crazy. It gets, our album gets pretty co- political and touches on some sensitive subjects and, um, but thinking like, I wonder, you know, if they're going to be cool with this. And I remember having that conversation with Jason and him just being like, no, dude, like I love putting out music that makes people think and creates conversation. And that's what this does. You know, even I can't remember his exact words, but saying something along the lines, like, you know, we all have different opinions on, on certain things, but if it creates that conversation and makes people think that's, you know, that's what we're here for. So that's, that's definitely something I think that sets face down apart from, from other, some other Christian labels in the industry for sure. But it's really for cool sure. that you guys had that experience as well. Cause you know, it's hard to find. I know one of my struggles in the in music and creatively too, uh, growing up being a part of the Christian scene as a fan and as you know a musician now, um, I I kind of was hardened towards the whole Christian industry for that reason of feeling like so much of it was fake um, or kind of manufactured or that they weren't allowed to really talk about the real issues that they were dealing with or real issues in life and, and seeing people that are able to do that, whether it's bands or labels is really cool, but for sure, man, that's cool. I'm, I think it's awesome what Jason and Virginia and those guys are doing and allowing people to uh, be a part of and do on their label. And I just got nothing but like the most insane respect for them, the whole crew there. They were so good to us. And just the fact that they like went on out on a limb. I mean, our first like couple EPs and record was awful. And for some reason they saw <laughs> something in us that like meant something or took a chance and it's cool. It is really cool. Did you guys feel like there was any backlash your way when you kind of started to pivot or did you, did you feel like your, your base was still in your corner and they were just, you know, like Jesse said, waiting to see a different angle of that conversation or how was that for you guys? I feel like we, like most of our fans, like just really grew with us and supported us. Like there, there's surface level fans and then fans that really get what you're doing, you know? And like, it's all that you can understand it in the way that they talk to you. Like, there are some people that just obviously don't read or understand your lyrics or know what you're saying at all. And they'll just, and they're just obviously I'm trying to think just of in like, it for the breakdown. Yeah. You know, so they have no clue and they're just like, dude, what you guys are doing is great. Blah, 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 blah. You know? Yeah. Like, but then there are people that have like real honest conversations with you, you know, and like know where you're coming from. And I feel like for the most part, like, we had a really supportive group of people, you know, that uh, allowed me to say what I needed to say. Um, and I mean, we got a few people here and there that were like, dude, I'm praying for you, like, which is totally sick. Pray for me. But like on a more condemnation feeling, you know, yeah. than, than, like supportive. But for the most part, I feel like because we never like plea or myself never came out and said like, 
yo, we're not a Christian band anymore. Mm-hmm. Fuck Christian. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? And there's bands that do that. <laughs> yeah. You know? And and I'm not even talking crap about them. That's just like not there. Even if we ever decided like, yo, we are like not that and we're going this other direction, we would have never we would have never done it like that because like, like tried to shame another group of people. Yeah, because to me, like we got signed to a Christian label, like got a lot of like recognition by playing Cornerstone and Sunshine Festival and playing churches. And like, you know, of course we tried to like stray away from that and start playing general market stuff because it's a better like business decision and it's like, you know, more enjoyable and longevity, blah, 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 blah. But like you can't ever not realize that your your band and your success was built on the backs of like church youth group kids. You know what I mean? Mm, so like yeah. you can't like look at them and shame them and, and be like, yo, F that I'm not a part of that anymore. You know I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I got tons of friends that have actually done that route and like, you know, totally turned their back and like, made a very aggressive, like, we're not a part of that anymore. And that's cool. And I'm not talking crap about anybody that's done that. But like, for me, to think about hurting the feelings of some like 15 year old kid that got into my band when they were 12 or 13, because their parents allowed them to go to the Christian bookstore and buy depravity, even mm-hmm. though Depravity was a dark ass record, mm-hmm. like it was in a, it was Lifeway, so their parents <laughs> thought it was okay for them to listen to, and like, and and for me to like be like, yo, you know, we don't want you as a fan base anymore. That's heavy. Yeah. Um, so like, for my our whole thing was I'm gonna be completely honest about what I'm dealing with, and every I mean, like you listen to the last couple of records, like listen to the very last record, like. I am saying out loud, I'm not really sure if I believe in God. I don't know what's going on with my life. I'm hurting. Like, I don't know spiritually what I believe in. Uh, You know, is the earth a big dark hole? You know, like, those are all the things that are being talked about on that record. And, like, if people, like, really paid attention, then they were able to see, like, what I was dealing with. And hopefully, like, if they have any of those same questions – whether they're Christian leaning or not, like they can just know that dude, there's other people out there that are like terrified and dealing with the same question. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it comes back to what we said about authenticity, right? Because if you're feeling that way and you've always been the kind of person who's wrote music about, you know, how you feel uh, authentic music, you really have a few choices. Number one um, is, to fake it, you know, and, and write the same stuff that you're writing before, because that's what's expected of you. Um, number two is to completely skirt the issue and just write about other stuff. And I think then, um, it probably comes out a little bit shallow because you're kind of, um, you have this deep stuff going on over here and you're like, ah, maybe I'll go over here and address like something everybody hates, you know? So that, that's easy. Um, and then number three is, is kind of do what you did and dive headfirst into it. And, And I do think that, um, in the long run, you know, I mean, what is art really about anyways? It's about authenticity because art is a mirror of life. And I do think that in the long run, um, those of us who, who write music that is authentic uh, or create any type of art, you know, this show is about uh, all, all different types of creativity. But when you put authenticity behind it, 
I think there's something lasting there. And, and again, you know, we've said it on this podcast before you kind of alluded to it. We're not hating on any of those bands who, who, um, who go after like a, a market or a target demographic, or they have a, you know, a marketing plan to attack a certain, you know, portion of the industry, you know, maybe they're, uh, whether it's pop music or pop art or pop whatever um totally understand that but i think that um authenticity is something that people appreciate and that people are always going to gravitate toward um and i think you know people saw that in plea and i think they they see that in you now you know motorcycles and and funny you know videos and stuff and you know people want to be a part of that dude i hope i hope people are still like you know, I'm, I'm just like a 38 year old fat dude at this point, but like, <laughs> I hope people are like, I don't have any delusions that I'm going to like gain a billion followers or anything, but I hope that the 5,000 people that do follow me are getting a chuckle out of the crap I have to say. And, you know, or at, I know at we the very have. least, <laughs> oh, like, yeah. at the very least, if I like post some kind of like motivational bull crap on Monday morning, like those things, like if you notice yeah. the uptick in my motivational speaking recently, yeah. <laughs> it's because like those are all things that I need to hear. My I need to hear. Somebody yeah. needs to be telling me this stuff, and and I'm not finding it. So I'm telling myself it, and then I'm putting it out on the internet. So hopefully, like you know, the few thousand people that follow me on the internet are like, "Yo, dude, I really needed to hear that funny motivational thing this morning." You know, like. <laughs> I don't know. Well, especially now because it's it is really hard to to sometimes uh you know, see the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, Jesse and I started this really because uh we watched, you know, this is our debut album was was releasing on Face Down this summer yeah. and we watched every festival, every tour date, everything that we had planned uh go up in smoke and we were trying to think of a way that we could continue to connect with people but also maybe inspire other people because I know for me when my inspiration is low, my creativity is low. And so when I was sitting yeah. in the house for those first couple of months doing nothing, I didn't want to create, I didn't want to do anything. Uh, and then I got an opportunity to go on this little backpacking trip with my dad and my brothers. We thought it was going to get canceled because apparently it was too unsafe to even do backcountry camping. They're like canceling our backcountry camping, you know, the original social distancing, they're canceling that yeah, site, but we ended up finding a cabin, a friend of a uh, friend of uh, my brother, gave us a cabin that we could stay in. And we went on this backpacking trip up to the Pictured Rocks National Lakeshore. And I came back and it was like, I'm inspired. And now I'm watching my, my creativity go up. It's just those, those two things go hand in hand. And at a time like this, when people are lacking inspiration, they're also going to lack you know, creativity and authenticity and all these other things. So I definitely appreciate it. And I think, I think you know, other people have appreciated it as well. Sick, dude. Thanks. I mean, like, that's the thing. It's like the thing where you said, like, if you, if you don't have the influence, you don't have the creativity. Yeah, if you don't have the inspiration, it's hard inspiration. to be hard to be creative, you know, creative. Yeah, dude, like, that's, that's the whole thing. That's where all this comes from is like, when I was talking about how, like, focused I was on career and like, grown up shit, like, you give everything like you can, you give every ounce of yourself to this job. Like I was like super career minded, wake up super early so that I can be like really aware and prepared when I get to work. And then like I was in a management position, always on call, always taking phone calls and emails in the middle of the night. So like your whole being is devoted to this thing. Um, and then like, I still want to be creative. Like I, 
I, I'm not like super musically talented, but like I play guitar a little bit. And, like I can play all the instruments, just not very good. Like that's why I yelled in a <laughs> microphone. But, like, so what you're saying is there's another record coming. Right? Yeah, dude. All <laughs> me. It's just me and uh, garage band drum loops. Um, but like, you know, like, but giving so much of myself to that like career and that and work and stuff and like you i didn't pick up a guitar for years you know mm -hmm. like maybe like five minutes at a time here and there and be like oh man this feels awful like and it's been cool this year because of like it putting a pause on my life kind of like it's allowed me to just like you know not that i'm sitting around like playing guitar all day every day but like I'm more creative at this point. Like I started painting this year, which oh, is super cool. I got really into like painting that's awesome. and that's been fun. I've been playing music a little more and like just sitting here at this computer and like editing those videos to me is like some of the funnest crap in the world. Yeah. Dude. Like it, these things don't ever get out. Like I'm getting like, I, I recently made the switch from like Instagram to youtube as far as putting out the videos you know mm -hmm. yeah. and they get way way less views than they than i got on instagram because like you got this built-in audience but like and that's like discouraging and a whole nother thing and who cares really about that <laughs> yeah. but like so the thing i'm getting to is it really doesn't matter if 30 people or you know thirty thousand people watch the videos because like i sit here and laughed like at myself <laughs> yeah. for hours editing like a seven minute long video yeah. and like that's cool dude it's cool that you yeah. can like spend a night doing that crap it and is. like i would have never like or i would be way less devoted to this if i was still working the same job i was working and i don't know what the end game is with all that you know eventually i might end up having to go get another job right now i'm just like hustling and hoping that this hustle just choring just works yeah just choring <laughs> dude for sure um but it's fun dude. yeah what got you into bikes and and i know that part of that choring has been fixing bikes but it's also a passion for you i can see from your videos and stuff yeah dude um like i always thought motorcycles were cool but i didn't grow up with that like mm -hmm. i didn't grow up with a dad or like male influence i didn't know how to use tools until i was like in my 20s like um so the very last few years of plea, um, Blake who played guitar in our band, mm -hmm. um, he always had a motorcycle, um, like some like Yamaha or something. And I didn't know anything about bikes other than I just thought they were cool. And we went, we started making enough money where like, you know, I was like, okay, I'm not gonna buy a crappy motorcycle and like learn how to ride a bike. And like, <laughs> I got a buddy that went and, um, like test drove it for me. I found some like, $1,000 motorcycle on Craigslist or something. And uh dude wrote it for me, said, yeah, this is cool. Brought it home. And then like, I just got on it and taught myself how to ride. And so me and Blake both rode these like crappy, like Yamahas around for a minute. And then we went and did a Australia tour. And when we came back, we made a bunch of money, dude, which is crazy. It's crazy to think like, usually when you go overseas you like at least on our size band we were never big so like if you're our level and you go overseas you come back you're in debt yeah um but <laughs> like that praying to break when even <laughs> yeah, yeah when we went to europe we lost a lot of money dude um 
but we came back, we paid it all off. But when we went to Australia and New Zealand and came back, we came back sitting on some cash, dude. Um, Sounds so, like we need a tour Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, dude. I don't know what it is, but just tell them I sent you and then you'll be good. But uh, I bought a Harley, dude. I bought a Harley oh, Sportster, like, um, nice. not, which not like a brand new, you know, it's still like only a few thousand dollars, like yeah. a used, like little, you know, old one. But um, I bought a Harley and Step Blake up, bought a Harley. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, that just, it just bit me, dude. And like that, you know, so I've been riding eight or nine years at this point, maybe ten, no, nice. probably like 10 years, 10 years, I think. Um, okay. and it's just been really great. I mean, like, I don't know. And like, I don't want to say my identity's wrapped up in that, but for sure, like it has been a little bit like, you know, like you are the dudes from American arson, you know, like. <laughs> That's yep. your identity. I mean, I don't know. I don't know anything about your personal lives outside of that. So, like, to the gr- to anybody out in the world right now, that's that's your identity. Oh, yeah, um, 100%. And that that like, I allowed myself to be that. Like, I was Andy from a plea for purging. I mean, my name on the internet is still a plea for Andy. But like, <laughs> you know, like that was me. I was the dude in the band. And like, when that ended, I don't. I've I've thought about starting a podcast just about this subject. Um, but like when it's all over, like where are you at? Like yeah. w- like where's your identity? What do you got yourself wrapped up in, you know? And and maybe that's like there's some people that probably came out a lot like maybe unscathed because they were so like devoted in their identity being in the Lord and they got it all figured out or something. I don't know. But like for sure, like I like haven't talked about this a ton, but like when I came out, my identity was like lost and who am I? And like, I worked a few like pretty bad, like depressing jobs, um, trying to figure out like how I'm going to like make, you know, the next move and, and pay for my life and blah, 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 blah. But like after all that and like after plea, I had to like wrap my identity in something you know, so it was, I was like the motorcycle dude at that point. Like I got really into like choppers and like made this bike that like, it's all about being creative, right? Like I don't have this creative outlet to like scream in a microphone anymore. So I made a bike that reflects what I think is cool, my style. Um, and then like after that, I just started learning and learning and learning and getting tools and I still don't know what I'm doing, but like <laughs> I know more than like most of my friends, you know? So like Hell of a lot I'm more the, than I, I'm sure you did 10 years ago. You yeah, know. for sure. Like I didn't know anything about mechanics at all like 10 years ago. And now like I'm the dude that all of our friend group come to me and like I work on their bikes. And so that's cool. You know, like at yeah. this point I'm not trying to, for that to be my identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, like my identity is just being a good person. I think just be that, that's Andy. That's a positive dude. He's funny. That's what I want people to like know me as being just an honest, like genuine dude. But I think I needed that motorcycle identity thing for a minute. Kind of tied you me, over. Like to help me get out of yeah. me and figure out what I am and who I am. Um, now I just don't care what anybody thinks. <laughs> like you say that growing up, but now I'm like really there. Yeah. 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 
are there any cool like rides that you really want to do like somewhere in the in the u.s that i I know that's a thing for for people who ride that you know they have the kind of their bucket list rides that they want to do yeah i mean like my dream for sure is to go coast to coast to coast like basically like i want to start like on the east coast and go all the way to california go up to pch and then come back to tennessee oh man that'd Um, be sweet and like i almost made that happen this year like right when uh covid hit and i didn't have a job and like i got on unemployment and like i was like oh life's great i'm getting paid right now to do nothing you know and i wasn't (laughs) paid attention to like um like what i needed to do and so like me and a couple dudes like really played with the idea of riding up to oregon and back because like i have family that lives on mount hood Oh, cool. And a couple of these other dudes had family that live in Northern California. And we were like, yo, we'll just ride over there. We'll split up. We'll see our family and then we'll ride back. But it just, in reality, it probably would have took like three weeks to a month of our life. And like, you know, I was in the middle of like, Rachel and I had two different wedding dates this year oh, that man. both canceled yeah. because of all of this stuff. We had it once and then postponed it and then had to cancel it. Um, so it just didn't make sense and it didn't happen. But I, that's my, my dream for sure is to ride coast be to incredible. coast. Um, but like I've done like almost the entire country. Like I rented a bike in uh, Vegas and rode it all the way to Nashville. Oh, cool. Um, which was a pretty big trek. And Rachel and I have ridden like to the Black Hills and back when we were living in Minnesota. So we've done Dang. some pretty massive rides, but like yeah. – um dude i i just i in a perfect world i wouldn't have to work ever and i could just ride (laughs) motorcycles like if rachel wants stability and like she like like we bought a house this year or last year and like congrats you know like we're grown-ups thank you like (laughs) we're grown-ups we bought a house like we're like you know white middle class america like that thing (laughs) you know it's so boring like everything that you like you're punks. You guys are punkers. And it's like everything that you're like against. Certainly that's how I was when I was a kid. I was like, that's not the life I want. I want to be partying in a van for the rest of my life. Right. (laughs) Um, so there's still that there's still like, I, if, if Rachel would say, okay, we're, we're going to go ride our motorcycles forever and sleep in tents. I'd sell off everything I could sell off and do that (laughs) and like be homeless and like, fight for the experience every day um but rachel likes security um so i would i would way rather wake wake up in bed with her every morning and go to sleep <laughs> in bed with her every night um in our safe secure home than be off riding motorcycles by myself right you know well the good news you could is have a, you could have a safe secure tent right <laughs> right the, the good news is uh you're not uh you're not like on the clock right it's not like a it's not like a band where or or playing a sport or something where uh you know you're you're about to chew through your prime uh motorcycle's gonna be there uh, yeah for a while so you don't have to worry about it i mean as long as you can keep yourself on it i guess if you, I guess if you get too old to stay on it then you might be in trouble <laughs> at that point but yeah i might be there already dude. i don't know <laughs> no. what's funny is i've like what's funny is like i my um like you know there's all kinds of different motorcycles and yeah and cultures and stuff but like the thing i'm like super into is choppers mm-hmm. like 
and they're just the most impractical like like <laughs> i had a motorcycle that had suspension on it and i cut the frame in half and welded up a hardtail on the end so there's no suspension on it so like it just beats the crap out of you it's super every time like, you hit a bump or a impractical yeah, yeah it hurts and it's yeah. like there's people that you know like when i did that trip from vegas to here i was on like a brand new 2018 like really cushy great motorcycle mm -hmm. i almost did a thousand miles in one day and it didn't feel like anything if i do like 600 miles on my bike in one day it like you feel like death like, yeah like it's crazy <laughs> um, but for some reason there's like a bragging right to it's like when you're like road dogging in a van and you feel like a little more like badass than the band that pulled up in their like tour bus or their bandwagon or something. Oh yeah, yeah, that's or like oh, that, yeah. oh that band, yeah, that band gets hotels. Like what? Like yeah, you're like, dude, we sleep in our train. Right. No, no, I know the very first Walmart, very first West Coast swing that I ever went on. Um, it we had a shower chart, and the winner was like who took the least amount of showers. There's like some oh, sort, God. there's like some sort of just uh, you know, I don't know the the celebration of the suffering that you think it, it gives you credibility when you first get out there for sure dude we used to tour with four today all the time and there was like a couple of tours back to back where brandon uh their bass player didn't shower for like 60 it's something crazy like 60 plus days <laughs> it's insane oh man we're gonna have that's, to have him on and ask him disgusting. about that yeah, yeah dude it wow. was like a phenomenal amount of days right dude. At that, look oh like, man at like that point you just shower. have a protective layer like, you yeah, just have dude. a shell on you you just <laughs> glaze over right like, glaze that's glaze a good over. glaze is a disgusting but good word to describe it yeah well oh. since we're on the topic do you have any uh any i was gonna say crazy tour stories that that you want to share with us dude i don't know there i'm sure you have a billion of them but <laughs> i i i feel like i always tell the same ones all the time so i'll tell one that I don't know if I've ever told on a or podcast. any crazy fun chorin stories too. Yeah, we could do Dude, one of each. I got one of each. All right. Um, I'll tell you, this is maybe the most. This shows you how full of myself I got at one time, <laughs> and I'm insanely embarrassed by this right here. So I got into like heavy music and stuff around like you know like 12 13 i started listening to like aggressive music like from grunge and then got into like punk and hardcore and stuff yeah i didn't like go through the phase really of listening like to like mall mall core like new metal stuff yeah yeah kind of skipped that a little bit i mean i was aware of it and all the, i went to high school in a small town so like all my small town hick buddies really liked you know mall core and rap core and that stuff but i was not super aware of it anyway with that being said we're nobody a plea for purging in the grand scheme of the world and bands are such a nobody minuscule band <laughs> but when we used to play cornerstone festival in bushnell illinois that one place we were somebody yeah like our shows were incredible i was like a rock star from the moment we like walked on festival grounds to the time we left at the end of the week. Um, but like a cornerstone people like just the, I don't know. It was just the perfect world. I guess it's just, you got 10 fans in every city. There's only like 10 people that come see your band play. 
But then all those 10 kids all over America show up at Cornerstone. Yep. <laughs> and then you got like 7,000 people that watch your band play. Yeah. And it's like really incredible. So anyway, we're there. I kind of get in this bad mood like every year there because like I'm like really focused on like the – you'd think it's the most incredible thing ever. You're somewhere where everybody thinks you're, you're the shit. Yeah. But like – but also I'm the dude that sets up the merch table and I'm the dude that makes sure everything's perfect. And like, I'm the business mind guy, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And so like I'm at the merch tent setting up like day before Cornerstone trying to get our like elaborate, crazy merch set up. We used to travel with like 26, 27 t-shirt designs. Wow. Like we were trying to, we thought Damn. we were like, we thought we had too many. That's <laughs> that makes yeah, you feel dude. better. <laughs> we got obscene there for a while with the amount of merch we were carrying. But um, I'm at the table setting up, and this dude, I don't even really know how we know him, but he's this dude that's like a band manager that at one point tried to manage our band, mm -hmm. and like we knew him from like Northern California. He's there, and he walks up to me, and he goes, hey, man, how you doing? What up? And I'm like, you know, trying to get rid of him and stuff, and he's like, hey, man, I have the guys over in the van over here, and they'd like to meet you. And I don't know who the guys are. And he's like, I got the guys over here. And so I'm thinking it's got to be some band that he's managing and they're just some nobody band and they want to talk to me. You know, like I thought I was yeah. like above it for some reason. Yeah. This all sounds so asinine that I want to like not even tell it anymore. But so I'm like, okay, dude, whatever. I'll come meet your dudes. And I walk over to this van, this minivan with two dudes sitting in it and they're like super like gothed out like mall core dudes like and i don't know who they are and they're both <laughs> like the two dudes are like yo man i just want to tell you like we heard your band like your stuff is awesome we think it's really cool um blah 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 we'd love to get the new record i know you got a new record coming out this week and i'm like yeah dude the record's right over there on the table. Go buy you one. I got to go. <laughs> and I walk away. And then two or three minutes later, John, our bass player from Plea, walked up to me and said, dude, that is so sick that you just met Brian Head Welch and Sonny from P.O.D. <laughs> and I'm like, what? He goes, that was Sonny and, and Head. And I go, what? And I had no clue that I was talking to two of the most famous rockers <laughs> in our scene ever, you know, like, oh my gosh. and I blew them off. Yeah. I wasn't even cordial. I was just like, well, that's cool, man. It's cool that you like my band, but I got stuff to do. <laughs> I gotta go, go buy the record. Like how asinine is that? Oh, and so like, like, I don't, think that anything in the world would have changed like if i like <laughs> sucked up to him but what if pod would have been like yo man we want to take you guys on tour. right <laughs> or what if i would have like and after that i ended up like we ran into like both of their bands a few times i was gonna say that. did you ever see them after so, <laughs> yeah so like and it was always cool and cordial but like think about like anything could have happened where like when head got back with corn what if he like our relationship was so great 
that he wanted to take Plea out on tour with Corn. Yeah, if you guys you know? just had a campfire that night and done some s'mores or whatever. Dude, well, if, he's, if, if he's listening to this, maybe he'll he'll convince you guys to get back together for a stadium tour or something. Yeah, yeah we're probably like seven thousandth on his uh, podcast to listen to, but <laughs> for some reason but, you're listening to. Dude, that's so embarrassing, and like that just goes to show you, like. I feel like I was like always really nice and like I'm the dude that tried to sit at a merch table until the end of the night and talk to every yeah. kid. But like, you know, for some reason I thought I was the one time stone and like just too good to talk to these mall core dudes. And they were like world famous rockers. Well, um, in your defense, they should they should have rolled up in something other than a minivan because that was kind of a little bit, you know, maybe threw you off the stench a little bit. Yeah, it was like a little Nissan Quest. Right. Or yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was a rent. You know what? It's probably a rental because they probably flew in. They probably were. Their yeah, guy should have said to, uh... something. He should have given you a heads up, like, "Yo, Brian Ed Welch wants to talk to you in this minivan yeah, over here." Right. What turns <laughs> like, it turns out, like, which maybe I should have just been more, like privy to what was going on in the world, but like apparently, like that dude that I didn't really, the manager dude that I didn't really care for. He was a part of that whosoever thing. And that was right oh. when the whosoever, like that big, like, yeah. you don't know what that is. Yeah, like, yeah everybody had their middle name as that on social media and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And so, like, that was right around the time that, like, Sonny and Head and all these dudes were starting this whosoever thing. So I guess I should have known that, <laughs> but I just don't know because I'm not, like, as much a part of that world. It's amazing. Yeah. So that that's – uh I will never forgive myself for that one, you know? Well, that's, uh, we appreciate you sharing it because I know the self-deprecating ones are not always the fun ones. <laughs> you, yeah. you always want to tell the stories or something ridiculous happened to you somebody else. You can laugh else. about it now, but you yeah. know, that, oh man, <laughs> the chances. I guess it's a reminder for all of us to try and stay cordial. And make <laughs> yeah, dude, you never know who you're talking to, man. You, you know, you might have a listener right now you might have like, you know, Shia LaBeouf might be listening to you guys right now. So never Ooh. talk crap about him, you know? <laughs> I never would anyways. I hear he's in the running for a new part in the MCU. So maybe uh, Shia, if you're listening, maybe throw one of our tracks on there. And uh... I heard he is an actual cannibal. So I wouldn't, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't Whoa. push my luck. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to mess with I him. I think he's like one of the most interesting dudes. So yeah. like we get in these weird YouTube loops where we like just start watching Shia above videos <laughs> for like a while. I heard some crazy things that he supposedly did for this last movie. He filmed that like gangster film he did where he apparently he like actually got his whole back tattooed for real just for the part and had like a tooth pulled or something like that dude like, yeah yes. he had a tooth filed down oh man that's crazy he's crazy people are committed to man some 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 people are committed at least i know christian bale like when he did the machinist he went down to like 95 pounds and then he's in batman and he's jacked and then he's in what was the movie where he's dick cheney and he's yeah it's just crazy like that people are willing to do that kind of gymnastics <laughs> to their body to, to dude, committed to their I'm craft not that I'm not that committed to anything dude, <laughs> at all. Neither am I. That's oh, right. Well, man. we're almost out of time, but do you have a, yeah, you said you maybe have a, a funny Torin story for us too. 
Dude, sure, man. I mean, it's not near as crazy as the POD story, but the <laughs> other day, like me and some dudes, like, I don't know if you know what an auger is, but it's yeah. like a big drill yeah. bit. That I saw you post that you just got wrecked by it or something. Dude, yeah, there's like, we, I'd never, like, we built this fence, super long fence, um, like 260 feet and had to dig like about 30 holes in the ground that are like two and a half, three feet down. Yeah. Oh, and no. we, we did use this two man auger thing. It's like a huge drill bit with like these handles and you push down on the ground and like one guy on each, never, on each set of handles or one guy on each side. Okay. Yeah. Holding these handles. And we ended up eventually having three dudes on it. Like <laughs> me, I'm a huge, right. And my other buddy, that's like not near as fat as me, but like a big thick dude. And then like a really thick guy, all three of us are pushing down on this auger, like barely digging the holes. Like it, it, I I like to think that I'm pretty tough. Yeah. Like and like like I'm a hard ass. I won't complain about anything. Like I will work all day and I'm not gonna complain even if I'm hurting. But dude, I was jammed up for two or three days, dude. Like that thing like spun loose and hit me in the knee one time oh. and like about jacked my knee up. Dude, it was crazy. So if you're ever messing with the auger, get ready to hurt, dude. Oh man. Oh, I guess you know where to go to get your like once a week workout and if you need like just you you want to just get wrecked for a day or two you just go use a yeah a giant i don't tell my brother about that and... my brother does crossfit he throw that they they do all sorts of weird <laughs> stuff he'll throw that in his crossfit gym just have a yeah just all get yeah, out do, do seven do 17 pull-ups and go outside and dig a hole with an auger <laughs> run a lap yeah, and dude. come back in <laughs> hell yeah dude and it messed you up <laughs> oh man well andy thank you so much for for hanging out with us for an hour it was, it was fun to you know finally get to talk i know you know we've known of each other for a minute but like you said it's 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 cool to be able to have these these opportunities especially right now while the world's a bit slowed down from normal to to get on and chat and get to know people and you know, hopefully, hopefully once everything opens back up, we'll be able to roll through your area. Maybe, maybe help you do some choring and, For sure, and dude. hang out. Come on over. Get, man. We'll get, we'll have to get on the auger. Yeah. Can wow. we, can we, that's, that's the video I want to make for both of us is next time we're on <laughs> tour through the area. We gotta, we gotta get an auger and see what American augers. Do it. When you guys come through, when you guys tour through here, um, have an off day like after your Nashville show or before we'll do a video of choring and at the end of the day we'll make some burgers and we'll hang Absolutely. out we'll eat it'll be sick that sounds great. Though i was just i was gonna say I, I i brought up the use of an auger but if and you you mentioned an off day it sounds like if we were going to use an auger we might need like three off days after that before <laughs> yeah break, dude, i might. can't imagine lifting my arms to hit anything before you might have to live at my house for a few days like after <laughs> that one, dude. A few shows. So yeah. we've already canceled a year's worth of shows this year because of covid so we're used to it now <laughs> that sucks man i feel bad for all you guys yeah. dude that it's heavy like i got buddies here in town that mm -hmm. um you know are all dying because of it you know like dudes that aren't used to working jobs and having to go out and get jobs and yeah. they're all sad and I, you know, I can't imagine it. So I feel for you dudes for yeah. sure. Especially like oh, your debut records coming out <laughs> and you can't even tour on it. So yeah, I hope that this is, podcast man. and everything is like working to yeah, generate, you know, either way it's, it's having fun. It, we're having fun. It's keeping us inspired. We get to have good conversations. Yeah. And, so if, cool. if, if people want to support what you're doing now, what's the best way to do that? Dude. I mean, just all on all the social medias i'm still a plea for andy 
And then on YouTube, I have a channel called Party On Forever. Awesome. Um, and, you know, I'm just hoping people like get a kick out of it and laugh. And I'm not really trying to accomplish anything other than that. Make <laughs> people smile. And hopefully, uh, as long as it keeps giving me more jobs to film, I'll keep filming jobs and keep doing them and do this weird hustle life for a little while. So cool. Are the t-shirts, are the t-shirts still available? Uh, dude, those are sold out, but I'm going to do another one pretty soon. Please. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to do like every great, like every couple months, like I'll do like a t-shirt presale and, um, anything that like just keeps the lights on, you know Absolutely. what I mean? So okay. yeah, just, uh, if you're listening, follow along. There'll be cool stuff coming out. Absolutely. Right. Go subscribe to him. Give him a follow. I promise. Even if you, like he said, even if you're not necessarily into, you know, bikes or anything mechanical or specific, it, it, you will laugh a lot. I got some cooking videos. videos coming out. Oh, sweet. Oh, all <laughs> kinds yes. of weird stuff, dude. So. Amazing. Sounds good. But, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you again, Andy. We appreciate it. And, and hopefully we'll be able to uh, connect with you again soon. Yeah, for sure, dudes. It's been great. Thanks for having me on. All right. Awesome. Well, have a good one, man. Yeah, you too. Let's see ya. Thank you for listening to the American Arson Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave a positive comment or review. Connect with us online through Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or Twitter, and check out AmericanArson.com for music, merch, and upcoming tour dates. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, stay inspired, stay positive, and keep creating.